0: A series called "You ask for it." And I conclude with the question that you ask about heaven. Now, I wondered why I got this assignment and I finally figured it out. <laughs> I'm the closest one on the preaching team to heaven. <laughs> These younger guys thought, Campbell, you better bone up, you're going to be there pretty soon. So that's why, I've got the, that's why I've got it. Well, let me tell you front, this really isn't a message per se, not the kind of one that I like to preach. Uh, it's more of a lecture. There's a lot of material in this sermon, more material than I, I, I should have. But So let me encourage you to use your bulletin and write down the questions that I will try to answer And I'm going to use a lot of scripture and write down the text that goes with that question. I think that will help you uh, to remember it. Let's pray. Now, Father, I pray that you will pour through me the gift of preaching. Take these human words and use them to speak to us today. Give each of us just the message you want us to hear, because we pray in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Have you ever thought, Lord, I wish you'd told us more about heaven? I just wish you'd told us more. Now the truth is, the information about heaven has been divinely limited and it has been reserved. In the town of Lystra, the Apostle Paul was stoned and left for dead. Not, not what you're thinking. No. <laughs> not. In the New Testament, that was a little different than now. So it was with rocks. <laughs> he was stoned and left for dead. And Paul had an out-of-body experience. He was given a tour of paradise. And this is what he said. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body. But I do not know, but I do know that I was caught up to paradise and I heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words. Things no human is allowed to tell. Now, the Lord is essentially saying, I, I, I'm not going to give you everything you want to know about heaven." But I have given you everything that you need to know about heaven. So what have we exactly been told about heaven? Folks, we haven't seen anything yet. You think of the most beautiful place that you've ever been. Think of the most wonderful place that you've ever been. The most colorful place that you've ever been. And it is a mere shadow of the color and the beauty That is waiting for us in heaven. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 2 9, but as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Wow. Let me try to answer your questions. Question number one Will I have a body in heaven? Will I have a body in heaven? Yes, yes. Our bodies will be real physical bodies. The Bible says that we're going to have a body exactly like Jesus' glorified body. Now, a lot of folks think that we are a spirit and have always been a spirit, and then God made the spirit first and then He made the body. No, 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 go back to Genesis. God made the body first. Adam's body first, then he breathed into Adam the spirit. Now, these current bodies of ours are cursed. (laughs) They're cursed by sin, they're cursed by disease, they're cursed by decay. and We cannot exercise enough, neither can we eat enough bran muffins (laughs) to keep this body from wearing out. And our hope is not to be delivered from our body. Our hope is to be delivered into new bodies. Paul says it this way. And even we Christians, although we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, also groan to be released from pain and suffering. Amen. We too wait anxiously for that day when God will give us Our full rights as his children, notice this, including the new bodies he has promised us. Now, our salvation is finished, but we aren't fully enjoying it yet. Why? Because we do not have glorified bodies. We have to go through the resurrection to get our glorified body. Now, folks, one of these days, our body will be planted into the ground. And then when it is raised up, you will be you. You will always be you. But you will be you in a glorified body. Paul says this in Philippians. But we are citizens of heaven right now. Where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we eagerly are waiting for Him to return as our Savior. He will take these weak mortal bodies of ours and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same mighty power that he will use to conquer everything, everywhere. (coughs) It astounds me that the polls say that two-thirds of the people who polled do not believe that we will have a body in heaven. And most of them are believers that don't believe we'll have a body in the next life. Folks, basic to our faith is the hope that this body is going to be planted and then when it is raised, it will be glorified just like Jesus' body. Folks, God paid by the death of His Son for this body. And what God owns, He intends to keep forever. And someday, someday, This glorified body of ours will stand in the very presence of the physical glorified body of Jesus that died for us. Second question that you ask, will we know each other in heaven? Will we know each other in heaven? The Bible says that each person who inherits salvation, their name is listed in the Lamb's book of life. In Luke, the 10th chapter, Jesus talks to the 70 who had just come back from their preaching mission, and oh, they were so excited about what had happened. And Jesus said this to them. He said, don't rejoice just because your, the evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered as citizens of heaven. In Matthew, the 18th chapter, verse 11, Jesus says that we're going to sit down at the marriage supper of the Lamb, the party of all parties, with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Now, if you don't, maybe if you didn't go to Sunday school like the Mount of Transfiguration, when you mention that, it's sort of confusing. And it is sort of confusing, and I don't have time to explain all of it. But on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus was glorified here on earth. He was just radiant with glory, and joining him on the Mount of Transfiguration was Elijah and Moses, and it is clear that they kept their identity. And what has always been interesting to me is the apostles knew who they were. I don't think Jesus said, "Oh, Peter, James, and John, I'd like for you to meet Elijah," and and uh, I don't think so. Uh, they knew who they were. Now, why did that? The Mount of Transfiguration is a prototype telling us that our future identities will be maintained. We will know each other. I cannot fathom the Father gathering his family from the four corners of the earth and us be as strangers. You ever been in a place where no one knew you? You didn't know anyone, And your family didn't exactly know where you were? It's sort of scary, isn't it? That, that would not be heaven. But the Apostle gives us one of the anchor texts, about heaven in First Thessalonians, the 4th chapter. He says, And now, brothers and sisters, I want you to know what will happen to the Christian who has died, so you will not be full of sorrow like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised again uh, to life, we also believe that when Jesus comes... God will bring back with Jesus all the saints who have died. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth, will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and remain with Him forever. So comfort and encourage each other with these words. Wow. See, our source of comfort isn't only that we will be with Our Lord in heaven but we will also be with each other strong in his old book of theology that I used in 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 seminary says this we certainly shall not know less there than here wouldn't you hate to think you had less sense in heaven than you do here wouldn't you hate that we certainly shall not know less there than here if we know our friends here we shall know them there. And as we know our friends here, we shall know them there. Love to Christ draws us nearer to each other, so we shall love our friends not less, but more because of our great nearness to Christ. There's an old hymn written by Charles Gabriel, Oh, that will be glory for me. And in that hymn there is a line that says, Friends will be there I have loved long ago. Joy like a river around me will flow. How many times in the last 47 years have you heard me say, those who believe in Jesus never see each other for the last time? Amen? Amen. Amen. So don't minimize your human relationships in heaven. Expect them to be magnified and perfected. And here's the thing. Remember, in heaven, we're going to be perfect. There will be no clicks, no competition, no comparison, No conflicts. And you say, well, what about my family? You will indeed be with your family who've died in the Lord. Now, let me just be real honest with you. Every one of us has got a member of the family that we hope doesn't show up for Thanksgiving, right? (laughs) Or Christmas. Well, Aunt Betsy's going to be here. (laughs) But in heaven, in heaven... There's going to be healing where healing is needed. There's going to be forgiveness where forgiveness is needed. And there is going to be mending where mended is needed. Okay? Well, there is, ain't Betsy. She made it. You know. <laughs> now, this brings to the third question. <laughs> I don't know if this person was having a bad day or not. <laughs> Maybe ever who put this in ought to come and talk to us. Well, I'll be married in heaven. (laughs) I I don't know what kind of day they're having. Well, let's see what Jesus said about it. The Sadducees tried to trick Jesus. And they come to him with the riddle. There was this woman who married seven brothers, and she all outlived every one of them. They all died. Now, Jesus, whose wife will she be in the next life? And Jesus replied, marriage is for people here on earth, but that is not the way it will be in the age to come. For those worthy of being raised from the dead won't be married then, and they will never die again. In this respect, they are like angels. They are children of God raised to new life. Now, Jesus is not saying there that when we get to heaven, we're going to be angels. No, 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 no. You'll be you, always be you. He's not saying that we will be angels. Nor is he saying we will be genderless clones. Heaven is going to be a place of maleness and femaleness, but not for marriage. And you say, well, why not? Jesus said marriage is only for this life. In heaven, marriage will be unnecessary. Certainly there will be no need for procreation. Uh, which means there will not be any sex in heaven. And right now, some of you guys are saying, really? 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 Well, hang on. Why no sex in heaven? Jesus said sex was designed for marriage. And since there is no marriage in heaven, logically, we will not be engaging in sex. But in heaven, all of our desires will be good, None of them will be frustrated. There will be joys in heaven far greater than sexual fulfillment. And somehow I really don't think we will be disappointed. Now most of us have spent our life with a person that we deeply love. And it may upset you to think that there's no marriage in heaven. Our marriage relationship will be ended in heaven. The institution of marriage will be ended in heaven, having fulfilled its purpose. But Jesus never hinted that our relationship with one another will be ended in heaven. He never hinted that relationship that married people have will be ended. Because love is eternal. I don't think one of these days I'll bump into Joyce up in heaven and say, Oh, Joyce, that's you. Have you seen the children lately? Joyce and I won't be married in heaven, but I believe we will have a deeper bond there than we have here. Married people, listen. I believe that you will be closer to your spouse in heaven than the greatest day of marriage that you have spent here on earth. In heaven, your relationship will be far more meaningful. There will be no disagreements, no hurt feelings, no selfishness, no impatience, just perfect love (laughs) and guys (laughs) I like the idea of not having to say I'm sorry for the umpteenth time (laughs) and wives your husband will finally communicate with you and listen with you and sympathize with you and you're thinking it will take heaven to do it (laughs) and it will and it will and I don't know how to say this next one without getting in trouble with all the women in the room. So let me just say up front: you got a question about what I'm going to say, address it to Darren Morante, lead pastor, of First Church of Christ. <laughs> he gets a big buck, send it to him. Husbands, your wife will have no mood swings, and you'll finally understand her. <laughs> Darren Moranti, First Church of Christ. Now, some of you need to know this. (laughs) You will finally get along with your ex. And you're thinking, no worries. No problem. My ex won't be there. (laughs) But in heaven, you will both be perfect. And if your ex makes it, You'll be able to get along. Question number four. What about children, babies, in heaven? If you've ever gone to the funeral of a child, you've asked that question. Especially if that child was yours. John MacArthur says, little children have no record of unbelief or evil works. And therefore there is no basis for their deserving eternal separation from God. They are gloriously and sovereignly saved by by God as part of the atoning work of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now I also believe it is reasonable to assume that God will let children who die on this earth live in eternity in a more mature state. Most likely at the resurrection, the child will receive the glorified body that will reflect what they would have become had they finished life. Does that make sense? Alexander McGaff is a great English scholar, and he says by the late 13th century, the church's emerging consensus was this As each person reaches their peak of perfection around the age of 30, they will be resurrected. As they would have appeared at the time, even if they never reached that age. He goes on to quote Peter Lombard's discussion of the matter is typical of the age. Lombard says, A boy who dies immediately after being born will be resurrected in that form which he would have had if he had lived to the age of 30. And he goes on to say, the new Jerusalem will be populated by men and women as they would appear at the age of 30, but every blemish removed. I do not plan on spending eternity looking like this. (laughs) I believe that we will inherit new bodies that will be at their maximum capacity to enjoy eternity. Now if you've ever lost a baby or had a miscarriage or your baby was stillborn, the person that baby would have been will be in heaven and you will know them. All aborted babies will be in heaven and the life God intended them to have will not be denied and the person God created them to be will spend eternity in heaven amen now the next one was asked a lot will animals be in heaven will animals be in heaven absolutely absolutely Jesus proclaims from the throne of the new earth behold I am making all things new what does all mean all things new it's not just people who will be renewed but also the earth all things, and all things includes the animal kingdom. Jesus seems to be saying, I will take everything that I created the first time, including people, including nature, including the animal kingdom and the earth, and I will bring it back new and fresh and indestructible. And what God created, the first six days of creation, will be recrafted and restructed And immortalized. And in fact. God is going to give the immortalized animal kingdom. The ability to praise him. With this elevated awareness. And expression. There is a scene in heaven. There is a scene in heaven. Where all creation is gathered before the throne of God. And all the redeemed are singing praises to God. Then all the angels start praising God. And then look what the Bible says. And every created thing, remember that, which is in heaven and on earth, under the sea, on the sea, all things in them, I heard saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. Now I want you to notice those three words. Every created Thing. Now, I, I, you know, when you find a little jewel of truth, I, I get excited and run around my desk and say, whoa, whoa, that'll preach, that'll preach, that'll preach. Let me tell you what I found. Those three words, every created thing, is one word in the language of the New Testament, which is Greek. And it is the word, the transliterated word, from which we get our word Zeus. In the normal Greek language of the Bible, it is used by Jude and Peter and the writer to the book, the writer of the book of Hebrews. Same word. Same word from which we get our word zoo. So it is safe to say that animals will be a part of the new earth. Now, Isaiah had a vision of the new earth, and he most definitely found various kinds of animals in it. And they were behaving in a most interesting way. Look at what he said. The wolf and the lamb will feed together. And the lion will eat straw like cattle. <laughs> but the serpent's food will be dust. The old boy still doesn't have a leg to stand on, does he? <laughs> they will not do what is evil or destroy on my entire holy mountain, says the Lord. Wow. Not only will animals be there, but they'll be able to get along. Isaiah goes ahead and gives us more truth about what we can expect in the new earth. Look what he says. The wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf, the young lion, and the fattened calf will be together, and a child will lead them. Wow. Now, I've been asked many times, and you probably asked yourself, will my pet be there? Will my pet dog? Will my pet cat? Will my pet horse that i had for all these years, will my pet be there? Well, now, that depends. That depends. Some animals are going to have to go through a radical conversion or they're going to make heaven hell for us. (laughs) The story's been told around about 3 animals that appeared before God's throne. It was a German shepherd, a doberman pinscher, and a cat. And God said to the German shepherd, "German shepherd, what do you believe in?" "I believe in discipline and order, sir." "Doberman pinscher, what do you believe in?" "I believe in protection and loyalty." Sir, cat, God said, what do you believe in? And the cat said, I believe you're in my seat. (laughs) That just about sums it up. Seriously. Will some of our pets end up in heaven? Now, listen to me, we are not told explicitly. We're not told explicitly. But I can tell you some of the keenest Christian thinkers believe so. From John uh, Wesley, who founded the Methodist Church, to that brilliant C.S. Lewis, to Dr. Peter Krepp, who is that brilliant theology teacher at Boston University. They're not only convinced that animals in general, but pets in particular will be in the new earth. Dr. Peter Krebs has written a great book on heaven. It's called Everything You Wanted to Know About Heaven But Never Dreamed of Asking. And he says this, are animals in heaven? The simplest answer is yes, why not? How irrational is the prejudice that would allow plants, green fields, and flowers, but not animals in heaven? Regarding pets, this is what he writes. Would the same animals be in heaven as on earth? Is my dead cat. I would add dog, horse, pet in heaven. Again, he says, why not? God can raise up the very grass. Why not cats, dogs, horses, pets? Though the blessed have better things to do than play with pets, but the better does not exclude the lesser. So there it is. You can deal with it. As it comes. I read yesterday, this morning, early in the news, that they're putting a, a bigger than life bronze statue of Secretariat in Frankfurt. I, I hope Secretariat's there. What a beautiful creature uh, he was. So, so I hope it maybe gives you some, some comfort. Question number six is, 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 really, is, really, a, uh, is really a hard one. How can it be heaven if my loved ones aren't there? How can it be heaven if my loved ones aren't there? The Bible says that for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, despising the shame. Jesus is happy in heaven, even though there will be multitudes that he loved and he died for that will not be there. Now, how could that be? Perhaps the glories of the next life will so overwhelm the memories of this life. At least that's what the prophet Isaiah quoting God says. Behold I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered nor will they come to mind. Now consider this. In heaven we will have a spiritual maturity that will allow us to understand the justice of God. In heaven we will have a spiritual maturity that will help us to realize, understand why good people didn't make it to heaven. And I think as we stand before the holiness and the grace of God, I don't think we will question his judgments. I think we will be so overwhelmed by God's grace that many of us will wonder, how in the world did I make it? And remember, God said he will see to it that in heaven no one will grieve. In Revelation, he says, I will wipe away tears, all tears from your eyes. There will be no more crying and no more sorrow. And God keeps his promise. Now, after all that I've said, and I know I've loaded you down with a lot of stuff. After all I've said about heaven, and I've only scratched the surface. And on the authority of what I have learned from the Bible. And from all the many books that I have read about heaven. I have come to the conclusion that heaven is going to be fun. It's going to be. Ever heard a preacher say that? Heaven is going to be fun. You look up the word fun in the dictionary. And it means pleasure, enjoyment, lively, frolic. Good times, joy, laughter, cheer, delight, rejoicing. Heaven is going to be fun. We're going to have a glorified body. No longer are we going to have to battle our old sinful nature. I can hardly wait. There will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more pain. No more being separated from our loved ones. We will be with Jesus and our loved ones forever and ever. Don't tell me heaven's not going to be fun. I love a song that we used to sing here many years ago. And uh, it says, sing a song, of celebration. Lift up a shout of praise for the bridegroom will come, the glorious one. And all we will look on his face will go to a much better place. Remember that song? Dance with all your might. Lift up your hands and clap for joy. The time's drawing near when He will appear, and all oh, we will stand by His side, a strong, pure, spotless bride. And the chorus goes like this: We will dance on the streets that are golden, the glorious bride and the great son of man from every tongue and tribe and nation will join. In the song of the Lamb. If you don't sing with me. We will dance on the streets that are golden. Glorious bride and the great son of man. From every tongue and tribe and nation. will join in the song of the Lamb. Amen. Heaven is going to be fun. Pray with me. Father, we have questions about eternity and about heaven, especially when our loved one dies. Questions and concerns that come to us, and we are in a constant battle with Satan, fighting our doubts about your goodness and our destiny. We pray against Satan and our doubts. And we hold on to the truths that we do know about heaven. And we will affirm, Father, That it is possible for you to prepare a place where all things that hurt us now are gone forever. And we pray that that day will come soon. But until then, help us to live lives that are worthy of your grace. We pray this in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.